I'm sitting here with my lovely director of operations, Rihanna. Coming off of about 20 minutes of one of the most fabulous interviews that we ever have done. So good. That we didn't hit record on. Never push play. No, it's fine. (laughs) So the purpose of us being here together today is to talk about, we have this mini series that we're really excited about because we see this as a major gap in the industry, in entrepreneurship, specifically with visionaries who get really fired up about their awesome big ideas and they cast the big vision and they're the leader driving towards what's possible in the business. But what happens when either they try to be the visionary or the creator, the CEO, whatever you want to call it, and everything else, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're the project manager and they put out the fires and they do the tasks and they do all the things or the detail brain, or even worse, in my opinion, They hire for people to do those things, trusting that that person will do those things, but it just doesn't click. And they deal with turnover and the headaches of hiring and stresses of having people on the team that the dynamic's not right or the culture is not going in the direction they hope. And everything becomes that bottleneck to their success. And what often happens is when they make those hires, and when I say, uh, let me just clarify, when I say hire, it can be, or when I talk about having that other person, that right-hand person in the business. It can be a hire, like a director of operations. It can be an integrator. It can be a VA. It can be an assistant of any kind. It can be a project manager, but it also can be a spouse. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael and I have that dynamic of he's more behind the scenes in the business, the details. I'm more on the front end of things with creation. It can be a business partner. I work with a lot of awesome clients who have a business partner where they're that you know, dueling dynamic of personalities. So I just want to clarify that. And they wonder when they make these hires or they have these people in their business or they're working with their business partner or their spouse, they're like, what what are we doing wrong? Did I make the wrong hire? Is this not going to work in business partnership? Or do I need to bring more people, new people on? Or do I need to just go back to being just me because it all feels like a total disaster and it causes more stress versus the growth that they hope it would lead to? So as a, as a part of this strategic partner series, we are going to hear from the perspective of the visionary today, me, and Rihanna is going to be interviewing me, asking me questions to kind of get into my brain as part of the strategic partnership. What makes me tick as a creative, as a, you know, kind of 30,000 foot view thinker as the leader of the organization so that she can better understand and really so you can better understand how, as whether it's an integrator or that right-hand person, how to support the mission of the visionary. And next week, I'm going to be interviewing her so that she can share what totally pisses her off about me <laughs> and working with a visionary, how frustrating it can be, but also, you know, what things that we've learned and the mistakes we've made, but also the things we've learned that have completely shifted the trajectory of the business and our joy in the process and how to get our team into flow. Uh, And this is all with that goal of better understanding how to leverage the power of strategic partnership. So any of those relationships I previously mentioned, they fall into the category of strategic partnership. There's partnership, but then there's strategic partnership. We're talking about the latter. And it's all designed to help your business grow with more ease and to grow faster. So if you've been hiring and you have turnover, uh, you've been hiring and it's a headache, if you feel like you're stuck in your growth, you're hitting financial plateaus, or you're just wanting to optimize your team and your time then this is a series for you. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You want to wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement 
and purpose and impact and legacy. Success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. It is recording this time, and I'm horrified that I didn't hit record previously, but we're going to just roll with it. We're going to assume it's better this time. I have even better questions that I want to know from you this time around, so I'm going to really dig in, so you better be ready. Are your hands sweating? My hands are sweating because I'm so – that's what happens when I get angry, apparently, (laughs) my hands are sweating. Well – I'm excited because, and also honored. I'm so honored to be in the barn studio listening to the chickens in the other room that I had, or the coop. The coop. <laughs> that I had no idea what the, the sound was. But I'm excited because this is something I'm really passionate about from that strategic partnership uh, level to be able to get behind the gears that are twirling in your brain to really, up see, <laughs> to really see how, as a team, we can continue to grow together. And one thing I think you've done so well is you've helped build me up into believing in myself, pushing me out of my comfort zone. Just you've led me in such a way that I haven't really been led before when it comes to the business world. And so I'm just excited to also get some dirt on you out into the public, but um, to really just dig into, you know, kind of life before me here Mm -hmm. and life as it is now, because we are in such a flow of our team and in such a, like things feel in such good alignment right Mm -hmm. now where it's fun. Like who would have thought that this would be fun? So I would love to hear a little bit about your past experience when it came to hiring. What are some of the things that you feel didn't always work for you or what roadblocks were you running into? Mm -hmm. What mindset blocks did you have? Plenty. Um, I made my first hire in 2011, back when I was about a year into business. And in retrospect, it was catastrophic. And I've made many, many hires since then. But I hired initially with that kind of corporate mindset that I was coming out of, of sure, send me your resume. And if you fit the bill, you're the hire, right? If you have a pulse and you can do these skill sets, uh, you know, check these boxes, you're the right person for the job. And that's how I hired. And that's how I quote, led them as well. It was like, Very little connection personally. Um, I didn't know how to really help them become the person that could be even better in that role. And I just had an expectation of, yeah, you said you could do these things, so do them. And what I found was when you just, and I had no onboarding, right? I had no real hiring process aside from putting this really crappy job description out there with very little detail not capturing the team culture at all because I didn't have one, Um, not capturing who I am as a leader and who they'd be working with and what the dynamic would be like, Mm -hmm. just like, do you do these things well? Cool, you're hired. And as a result, the I I experienced a lot of turnover. I experienced a ton of frustration Mm -hmm. because I kept having this feeling of like, what is wrong? Like, why aren't people capable you know, what is everyone a moron? Like, I just had this horrible attitude of like, it was everybody else's fault. I'm hiring these people. Why can't they just fit the bill and do what they said they were going to do? Why do they keep leaving? Why do they keep asking for more money? Like, just all these things that I felt like were really big stressors to me. And ultimately, I started feeling like, why am I even hiring at all? Anyway, I'm working more because they're doing it wrong. So I'm redoing it. But I just paid them to do it and then have to redo it. Right. Right. And I'm putting this expectation that they're just going to figure it out and they weren't. So I started to realize, oh, wait, this isn't working. I really need to pour into these people. I really need to understand what makes them tick, how I can support them in their growth. And I really need systems to bring them into this business, even though it was small at the time, so that they are empowered to do their work well. And they're empowered to want to do better and learn more and become uh, the best version of themselves in that role. So I was hugely frustrated with hiring. Little by little, I would kind of get better with time because I would realize, okay, you know, maybe I need a better system. So I would start to try to try and put together some kind of onboarding process, but it wasn't very good because I was still the one having to manage the person. So a lot of my time was going into that because they were coming, because I wasn't empowering them, they would come to me with, is this okay? Or can this one be published? Or can we send this email? And it was like, 
I'm having to hold their hand through every step of the process. And it didn't occur to me, oh my gosh, I'm not empowering this person and giving them permission to do the thing that I hired them for. And I'm not giving them the resources to know how to do it well. And then I'm not giving them the space to make mistakes so that they can learn how to do it better the next time. So it was really just a bad dynamic and a culture that wasn't really supporting anyone in the process. And there were many times where I'd say to Michael, you know, when I'm up pulling like, 18 hour days, this is a joke. Like I'm going back to just doing it, just me, because I can do it better. I can do it faster. I can do it how I want to do it. I'm fully capable. Why am I paying someone else? And that's the attitude of a lot of visionaries and leaders where they feel like, why am I even bothering bringing someone on if they're not going to do what I want them to do? Yes. Yes. And that was where I was getting stuck. Where do you think you overcame that to open up your fists Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, I, you know, as someone who steps in behind the scenes of your business, Mm -hmm. I want to know that I have a responsibility. I want to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. I want to know that like the work I'm doing is actually going to be moving not only the needle, but making an impact. Right. Mm -hmm. And to, in order for me to feel that I need you as the visionary to open up your fists and allow me in. So how do you think that was, how did you do that? Like, Mm -hmm. how did you first transition from that mindset of like, I'm just going to do it myself and kind of control it all to I think I need to like open up my face a little bit and let people in to help me grow this thing. It was two things. It was one realizing that I needed a culture to speak to, mm-hmm. you know, like I didn't even know what I was bringing them into aside from a list of tasks. Right. So I had to really get clear on my vision as a leader of where are we going? Like, where am I leading these people? Because if they just feel like they're showing up and they're in their own little bucket and they don't see how the the fibers of what they do weave the tapestry of what we're building and they're just off here over here in this separate little world they're never going to be inspired they're not going to be excited they're not going to want to grow they're going to show up get their stuff done and they're always going to have like eyes for other opportunities so I had to really dig into what is that vision like why are we doing what we do because I was hiring people to know what they were doing but I wasn't hiring them and helping them see why they were doing it, what they were ultimately a part of. Like, what is that ripple effect that they, specifically, they are helping to create? And I will admit, this was very difficult for me because in the earlier stage of business, it was very much my baby. Like, this was my thing, my brand, my name. And I felt like everything was a representation of me. And I was just kind of in that, I think maybe, you know, before you have kids sometimes, or at least this is the, I shouldn't speak for everyone. This was the case for me you're very inwardly focused. Like I didn't have to think about other people a lot. It was, what was I building for me? then I started, I got married, I had a family and it was like, oh wait, this isn't just about me in life in general. And I started to see that truth start to bleed into my business a little bit too, of wait, these are human beings coming into my organization. I have the opportunity to help them grow into their potential, to help them use my business as the vehicle to get to where they wanna go in their lives. Who am I to just give them a list of tasks and and let them check those bot like that's so demoralizing to the possibility that's in my hands and their hands so i really started to shift and i had to let go of a lot of the control of like oh what if they do it wrong yes you know like what if what if they um misrepresent me or what if they i had trust issues so it came from realizing that okay i'm not in the middle of brain surgery here like if there's a mistake made it can be fixed. And there's a huge learning opportunity every time we make a mistake. Now I can build bumper lanes to minimize the possibility of mistakes. That's on me as a leader. What systems can we have in place? Uh, What standards do I have? And and just, I want to hear from them. Like, what are your standards? What do you want to bring to the table? What excites Mm -hmm. you? What makes you tick? So it's not just me putting all these rules on people. It's us having a conversation of, man, what what are we building together? And why is this so important? So that they know when maybe one of their tasks, their granular things that they have to do, because tasks have to get done in the business for things to move forward, whether it's sending that email or making that phone call or doing that granular thing, they see the through line to the big, beautiful thing that we're building. And they feel empowered by that. And they feel excited about that. And then the other piece was really looking at what I grew up in. So I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. So I would work in the summers and after school and in high school. And 
I'd work at my uncle's chiropractic office, my mom's CPA firm, my grandfather's law office, uh, and my dad's in my dad's uh, real estate appraisal business. And I would get to witness how they treated people. And one thing I noticed was, wait a minute, they all, each of them individually, have had the same employees for like 40 years. Mm. And these are small mom and pop right. shops. Any of those employees could get better benefits, better pay, better time off, anything like that at a corporation. But they stuck by my mom or my grandfather. What was it that made them want to stay? And it was the value system that those people in my life lived by. It was who they were as a leader and how they invested in their people first. That was something my mom taught me. Your people aren't going to invest in you until you've invested in them. Absolutely. And I had this moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm hiring these people. I don't know their spouse's name. I don't know if they have kids or how many kids. I don't know what their love language is. So when I you know, give them words of affirmation, but they don't really care about that. Like, and I'm wondering why they're not receiving that, you know, affirmation. Mm -hmm. I had to get to know my people and I had to let them know what my, not my, just my vision for the business was, my vision for us. Mm -hmm. Like, where are we going? What's in it for them beyond the paycheck that's coming at the end of the month? Right. So that was a huge shift for me. And that that's leadership. That's a big, that's a, that's an ongoing battle that a lot of people face because we work with a lot of clients with significant businesses that have been hiring for years or running businesses with team for years, and they're still running into the same trouble. This is not something that just happens with time and like being seasoned. Mm -hmm. This is a very intentional shift. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we coach really strongly is helping our leaders make that shift. And having, yes, the systems in place, the strategies, but also who do you need to be to really cultivate these people yes. and help them become who they're called to be? Because then you're you're living up to your potential as a leader. You're not just getting your business to where you want it to go. That's not yes. going to be satisfying at the end of the day if you felt like you didn't live up to who you were actually called to be in the process. Absolutely. And you're allowing people to find their sweet spot, mm -hmm. their zone of genius. That's, I think, why it's so fun right now mm -hmm. is because I feel like everybody on the team has found their sweet spot. And it's very different than what, like, what I originally came on the team to do compared to what I'm doing right now Right, is very different. Yeah. And that just goes to show that you didn't just hire me to say, like, fill these boxes, do this, and you're out of here. It was a grow with us, learn with us, help us grow, help us build. And that has been, I think, why it's just so fun to be a part of and also to see where we're going. And so this is a question I hear a lot. And I think you hear this a lot too, but like, how do you find those people? Like Liz, that sounds great. Like you're building this, this, like it's fun for you on your team right now. How are you finding those Marianas? Mm -hmm. How are you finding those Katie's? How are you finding people that are willing to be invested in your mission? And I feel like you touched on it, but it was so good that I want to unpack it more of like, how do you really find those people to get invested in you and your mission and the work you love and feel like they are bigger, they have a bigger impact than that email that they just sent? Totally. That is the exact question I asked for years when I was hiring, firing, hiring, losing people, hiring, getting frustrated, was where are you guys finding these people? Like, am I going to the wrong? Are you on Indeed or Upwork? Like, where are you finding them? And literally thinking it was like a, a location thing. Like, how do I go find the exact person who fits this bill only to come to realize that aside from hire, truly hiring the wrong person, I mean, there are people out there that are the wrong fit. Yeah. And the one of the ways you safeguard against that is your hiring process. That's why we've come up with an entire system that we coach our our leaders through or our visionaries through and our right-hand people through in our visionary right-hand mastermind. It's why we have it in our big resource hub for entrepreneurs, helping them. So every time they hire, they understand what the system is to safeguard against bringing in those duds because they do exist. Mm -hmm. But how do you take someone with the right heart and the right value system and then you cultivate them. You create those people. Yeah. If you're in the right frame of mind and living by the right values as a leader. So you might have that person sitting there and they're just this 
ball of clay that's ready to be molded, but you don't see it. Like you can't see the vision of what could happen if you chisel that away or you mold that clay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the missing link for a lot of people is they're still out there trying to hire the right person instead of seeing that they, they have the right person. They need to learn how to cultivate that person. And that comes from a lot of different things. It's, it's that investment in them, right? It's that them feeling like you love them. Right. You have to lead with love. And it sounds corny. You're like, I'm running a business here. I don't have time for love. It's well, you better make time for hiring and hiring and hiring and hiring because that's where you're going to spend your time. When you lead with love and you really pour into your people and you understand your people and you serve your people well, they return that favor big time. And the other thing is really getting to know how you can lead them. So this is a big piece of what we do, especially now that we have Katie on the team. So Katie is our resident uh, personalities expert. And at first I was like, yeah, personality test. Cool. Like I've taken them. I've had team members take them. No, no, no. There is a whole nother level of getting to know the intricacies of your people and of yourself as a leader and how you need to lead those people so that you can have the best possible output from the team, but not just the output. Yes, your profit goes up, your trajectory, like all those amazing things. Your confidence also goes up as a leader Mm -hmm. because you really understand your people. But more than that, you get into this indescribable flow because everybody's in their sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And they, yeah, we all do crap we don't necessarily love to do in terms of tasks. That's the nature of being a small business. We wear a lot of hats. But overarchingly, we're all where we should be. And we we fire on all cylinders because of it. So when you ask, you know, where do you find the people? I would really challenge that question and say, you don't, you cultivate the people, but are you yet the leader who's capable of it? Yeah. Do you have what you need to know how to do it? The the personality deep dive, the um, systems for you kind of weeding away the wrong people and attract, yeah, there is an element of attracting somewhat of the right people and really living your, your vision and yeah. your values. I've seen this a lot where people are like, well, I have my values. They're my value statement. It's on my website and we have it on the wall at the office or it went out in the initial onboarding email. I'm like, really? Once? They heard it once? And are you living are by you it? living it? Yeah. Do are they you the, see it? Right. Are you the doorway to your values? Are you, you know, living it out? Yeah. Well, this reminds me of a conversation I had with my mom that was so hit me. And I think it's really impacted who I've become in business and leadership we were having this conversation around core values. And it was years ago when I was like creating my core values. I think I had like downloaded someone's freebie or something and I'm creating my core values for the company. And she's like, Elizabeth, what are you doing? I was like, well, I got to create the core values. We're going to be hiring. And, you know, like I'm going to put it into a statement. And she's like, I've never done that. But I guarantee you, if any of my team members were to encounter a difficult situation they would handle it completely in integrity and in congruence with my core values because I've modeled it for 40 mm, freaking years. So good. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. She's like, I've never had to say, this is how you handle you know, this discrepancy or this is how you speak to people or this is how you put your effort and your work into it because I just model, I live it. Yes. And- When there's love in that relationship and there's respect and the leader is living it and the people feel loved, they follow the leader. They follow the, you know, so I have full confidence that if there was a situation where I was off the grid, right, and it was something crazy and it came to you or Katie or whatever, and you couldn't reach me, I would have zero fear of how you would handle it from a value standpoint because we're all on that same page. Not because I sent you an email that listed out what our values are right. as a company, right. just because we know who we are and we live it every mm-hmm. single day. So good. So that has been, I would say, probably the greatest shift for me. Now, I will. it's not always easy. Right. You know, you have to learn to relinquish control and to actually live by... There, there are many times where I feel like I'm fighting nature because, yeah, I say we're a business of integrity and people first. And then there's a scenario where I feel like someone screwed us and I want to get them back because yeah. that's what nature <laughs> tells me to do. But I'm like, nope, those that's not how I want to model it for, you know, 
what we're building and mm-hmm. and what we're cultivating. So I have to fight nature and lean into modeling what's true. And I don't always get it right either. But then I have people like you guys who hold me accountable to yeah. and say, wait, no, is that really how we would want to handle it? Because that doesn't seem to fit who we are. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I get it. And then we can, we all support each other in living true to those values, not just you know, sending them out in in a newsletter. Right. Nadima. (laughs) She's so classic. She is just a gem. (laughs) She is. So much of my business, like what I would call business wisdom, which to me is 10 times more important than any strategy or like book you could read. It's just like kind of what you absorb. Yeah. Definitely. From my mother and my grandfather, for sure. Incredible. Mm -hmm. Adore her. I want to unpack another thing that you were kind of talking about. I mean, leadership is the answer. And mm-hmm. we're not just saying that because we are a leadership company. That's how we, we make our money. love leadership. <laughs> but leadership is the answer. I've been on <clears throat> so many teams where people think their answer is in hiring, right? Like, I'm going to hire that integrator and it's going to solve all of my problems. Mm. And then they hire that integrator and it is terrible for both sides, right? And I think a lot of it comes down to the mindset you were talking about and not really realizing as the visionary, you do have to look within and mm-hmm. figure out how can I lead them? And that's one thing, you know, learning my personality type and you learning your personal personality type, the way you've even speak to me differently than maybe when I first was hired and you didn't really know, not that you spoke to me bad then, (laughs) but you know how to push a button that's going to get me motivated Mm -hmm. in a way that pushes me out of my comfort zone. That's leadership. Mm -hmm. Whereas I see a lot of people hiring and managing. Can you touch on a little bit of the difference between having a team that you're managing versus a team that you're leading? Mm -hmm. It's so important. So The leadership has to come first. There are appropriate times for management within a team. It has to happen. And whether it's you're at a stage in business where you're not at a level where you bring in a go-between to manage for you, now like you manage the team Mm -hmm. uh, and I get to lead the team and we're in our sweet spots doing that. There were times where I didn't have that. So I had to manage because there's stuff to be managed and lead. It's a little more challenging, totally doable. But leadership always has to come first. Mm -hmm. And it has to be uh, inspired leadership, too. And that's going to come from the vision, right? A lot of times the leader has that attitude. I'm just going to hire the integrator, the you know project manager, whatever. It's going to solve all my problems. Almost from the attitude of like, I don't want to have to deal with the people. I just want to do the stuff I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a disconnect there. The leadership or the leader will say, where are we going together? What are we building together? How is everyone so critical in this piece of the puzzle? And what's in it for them? Like, mm-hmm. why would they want to be a part of that? Yeah. Why would yeah. they want to be a part of that? Why would they want to do this with me and uh, be passionate about it? I mean, I can genuinely say that you and our team members are truly passionate about what mm-hmm. we do. Sometimes like more so than me, I'll be exhausted after a week of like the baby not sleeping or something. And you're like texting me all these ideas you're excited about. I'm like, shut <laughs> I don't care. I'm too tired. She's so, so fired up about it. And I'm like, this is so awesome. This yeah. is like the dream for me, but it's because of that leadership. And I will admit, I was afraid to lead my people in the beginning. It was easier to manage because People want to be managed because it's more comfortable. It's like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, give me the resources I need. Leadership is from a place of love, right? It's, but it's not always loved in receiving it. So for example, like with your children, right? It is loving to lead them well, even if leading them well is uncomfortable for them because you expect and you know they have more in them. So there are times where my son will say something to one of my daughters that I'm like, mm, that wasn't very kind, right? Or or easily one of the girls to him, really, more likely. <laughs> and it is kind of me and it's loving of me to go to the guilty party and yeah. say, hey, I I expect more out of you. I know you're capable of better than that. And here, let me let me tell you why. Here's the evidence of all the reasons I know that you can do better. And this is how we operate within this family. And it challenges him and he doesn't always like it or she doesn't always like it. But it is out of love that I'm seeing something in them that they're not seeing in themselves in that moment. And that's a hard thing to do 
for people because you're like, oh, I want to be liked. Mm. I feel like you an office person. Did you watch The Office? My husband is. All right. Well, <laughs> Michael Scott, the legend of all legends, the best boss in the world. He would, there was this hysterical moment in The Office where he's like, I, he basically wanted to be loved by everybody. Like, I don't need to be liked. I just want to be loved. And it's like, he just couldn't handle if people didn't think he was the best boss in the world. And there is a, an element of wanting to be in that zone sometimes where you're like, I just want my people to like me or like, will it rub them the wrong way if I tell them I believe that there's something more in them or they're capable of more. And I, and what's cool is working with you. And I think it's because we have the relationship we have Mm -hmm. that it's a safe dynamic when you say to me, yeah, that's not really my thing. I don't know if I could do that. I'm like, well, actually, I know you can do it. Mm-hmm. And here are the reasons why I know you can do it. And we have a conversation. Then you do it and you're like, oh, my God, that was awesome. I did it. Well, you frame it differently. Mm-hmm. Like my brain is saying one thing of like, nope, I can't do that. And you're like, but that's not what you're doing. You're doing this instead. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. I'm right. like, whoa, OK, I can do that. Right. You know. Right. And that's what we all need in life is someone to see in us what is in there. It's it's potential, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to die with my potential inside me. I don't want my team members to fizzle out with their potential inside them. And I feel like, or my kids or my husband, it's, I feel like it's my job in life. It's like one of the things that God has put on my heart is to see that potential and be able to help pull it out. I'm not doing the work. You're doing the work. Mm-hmm. But I'm helping you catch a blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a that's a big piece of it is being committed to that part of the process and not feeling like you have to micromanage or lead manage everybody and and things that support that too are systems. Right? When you have SOPs, when you have uh procedures in place, when you have systems that you know work, it gives your people the confidence to go do the thing without having to be managed. If you don't, you have to manage your people. You don't have a choice. You don't have time for leadership because you're like, oh, they made that mistake again. We can't afford that. We got to fix it. And it's like, you're always going back to the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's why in our programs, we have, we get asked a lot, how do you do what you do? Mm -hmm. Like, well, okay, that's great, Liz. Like, lead, don't manage. What does that look like in the day to day? Or- Okay, yeah, like onboarding. What are you actually doing in the onboarding? We have taken a lot of time to essentially take all those questions that we get and strip out the answers and turn them into processes that we give to our clients Mm -hmm. in our programs or that are in our big hub of resources of all our content because we were like, man, if it's working for us, it's going to work for other people. So it is leadership, but it's also you know, do the legwork to get, build a foundation that you have the capacity, the time, the focus, the energy, the possibility to step into leadership. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I think that right there is also you're stepping into leadership. And by doing that, you're giving your team the opportunity to step into their sweet spot of Mm -hmm. owning pieces of your business. Right. So that they can feel that invested. They can feel the mission. They can, it just, that's where I think you have done such a, a different way of building your team than I've been a part of in the past. Yeah. So I so appreciate that. Now I want to get into some of the good stuff. I want you to give the dirt on me first. I want to hear though, like what has been the most powerful thing? Like you get through that mindset block mm-hmm. of what didn't work. You realize you have to lead before manage. What has been the most powerful part of bringing in a strategic partner into Mm. your business? I think right off the top of my head is it has freed me up to do what only I can and should do. And I mean truly can and should do. I don't mean the like only I can do it. I mean Mm. the stuff that as the leader of the organization, it is the mission critical stuff that only you should be doing, like leading your people, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Or casting the vision or having the margin to just, think and create and do those things that when I'm the type that I do really well when I have the space to do those things, but when it's broken up throughout the whole day with like Slack message, text message, this, that, that, that I'm managing a call mm-hmm. and you get like 10 minute or even one hour blocks to try and do these big picture things as a leader, it doesn't move the needle. So freeing me up and giving me the margin to do those things has allowed us to go from reactionary business, 
deal with what's right under your nose because you have no choice but to do it. There are fires to be put out and this thing's going to burn to the ground to long-term mm-hmm. business. Building for longevity, looking three, five, ten years yes. out, um, seeing possibility that we couldn't see before, looking for opportunities that we wouldn't have been able to access previously, and being in that role. So by far, I would say that is the most tangible concrete and like proof is in the pudding, bottom line change kind of piece of the business. But also from the standpoint of what it's done for our team, Mm -hmm. just an energy thing that's hard to really pinpoint. I I think how I would describe it is just like being in a state of flow as a team where we really are. I know I said it before, firing on all cylinders. We're having a freaking blast. Our culture and our team is very much family first, you know, put the kids ahead of anything else um bring the kids with bring the kids with (laughs) us like that is you will see footage of us with you know our last like jam session here two weeks ago mariana was here with her son on her lap as we're building out like our next million dollar offer and she i'm like nursing a baby she's bouncing a baby it's just like that that's how we roll but there are also times where we're so excited about what we're working on where we're like texting each other as friends at, at like 10 o'clock. Like, can, like, what do you think about this? Nursing the baby. <laughs> but like, I thought about this. Yeah. Like, should we do it tomorrow? Let's, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Because it, it's exciting and it's yeah. fun. So it's brought an energy and a revival to our team. And I want to just speak to the people who are in a rut right now. Business, I believe business is very cyclical, meaning mm-hmm. you will go through seasons of being on the up. You'll go through seasons on being on the down. You'll go through plateaus and you'll never be immune to any of those things, right? You won't get to, so like right now we're in a state of flow. We're really having fun. You know, things are really going well for the business. And at some point things will be hot garbage for a minute, right? Like something won't work. Um, You know, someone on the team will go through something hard. Our energy will just shift a little bit. Usually that's my indicator of I've disconnected from the vision, which means the team has disconnected from the vision and I've disconnected from leadership. Mm-hmm. So I know I now pull from my tool belt a little bit quicker when I'm like, oh, okay, I can feel that shift. What do I, what do I have to do about it to, to shift that trajectory? But I would say those are the biggest things of having a strategic partner is like getting me into my sweet spot so that I can lead, getting the team into their sweet spots. Yes. And just being able to see how my ideas are actually going to come to life. Mm-hmm. It's not an idea anymore. It's, an, it's a project plan. It's, it's in a sauna. It's in a sauna. <laughs> it's in a sauna. That's a big deal for me, guys, because I have for 10 years fought project management systems. Yes. I have used them begrudgingly and sparingly. And Mariana has done the impossible. I told her it was greater than the miracle of Lazarus being raised <laughs> from the dead of getting me to, ugh, Diara, I say it, and ruin my reputation like Asana. She told me she likes I don't Asana. think I said I liked it. You, it was along those lines, because I remember doing a happy dance and thinking, my life is complete. Yeah, I've done my job if, here. If something were to happen to me yeah. in the next minute or so, my life was well lived. Yeah, you lived your purpose. Liz likes Asana. I know. I don't I'm just gonna like throw out there that I don't said I I don't think I said like. I think I made it so that you at least don't hate it. Yes. Okay. That's- I actually it it works and it keeps me in before project management systems, this is like a total tangent, but it's worth saying it because I think a lot of visionaries will relate to this. It felt like a stress to me. It felt like one more thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, leave me alone. Give me my checklist and I'll just get my crap done. But now I see a five-year vision coming to life in black and white. Yeah. And I see how every player on the team is a part of it and invested in it. I see um, how things are going to change over time. I can predict seasons. I can be like, all right, this is a hustle season. This is a go season. Summer vacation. Like I can, Mm -hmm. I can see it in Asana. And we've been able to build it. So it's that way. Right. The other day we were on a team call and Liz was like, oh yeah, can you add that to my Asana workspace? And I was like, yes, I can. Like, did you just ask me to add stuff into your Asana workspace? So anyways, that's a whole side tangent, but I I think that's been my greatest gift (laughs) of joining your strategic partner. partner. Um, I want to learn more about 
the dirt you have on me, though. I've got like, lots. What are some of the things that I have made you have to step into or have to learn mm-hmm. to lead me in a better, more efficient way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So both of us ha- share the common thread that there is really no off switch for us. Mm-hmm. Like we can go until we literally can't go anymore. And I think seeing that in you reflected it back to me because I can't tell you not to do that if I'm over here doing it. Yeah. And one part of our, how we live is family first. And there were, and it's okay to be out of balance in seasons. Right. I think, I think every season you're out of balance is just depends where the scale tips. And it's okay to say, you know, maybe my time with family is more intentional, but less time with family in this season because we're doing X, but there's an end date to it. But I started to see that it was just the nature of how you operated. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed, and I hope you don't mind me saying no, this. Go for it. Um, Give all the dirt. <laughs> I also noticed that it was, I was starting to question if you were putting that pressure on yourself emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like the only way Liz is going to see me as valuable is if I overperform. So we had a conversation about that before you had Will um, when you were pregnant of like, hey, just FYI, your value is there for us. Like you have nothing to prove to me. And my expectation is more so like, how do I get her to make sure to live by that family piece? Not balance because we don't believe in that, but like that seasonality where there is an off switch. And uh, or at least a dimmer, right? Like there's never going to be an off switch for us, but like, how can we tone us down? So that was a big piece of just having those humbling conversations of like, Hey, I just want you to know, like whatever we all bring kind of baggage to the table of, am I going to let this person down or what are they going to think or whatever? And I just wanted to make sure again, with that leading with love piece to say to you, like, I appreciate that you go above and beyond, but if above and beyond starts to come at the expense of your quality of life or your mental health or like time with your kids that I would rather change a deadline Mm -hmm. you know like let's bump that deadline can we do it over a longer course of time because then we can preserve what really matters now don't get me wrong I deeply appreciate that we're a team of like Mm go-getters you know we will I always know we will figure it out and get it done but I don't want it to come at the expense of the good stuff in life so that was a big thing. The other thing that frustrates me beyond measure about you. Here is, we go. Is that you pronounce booger. It's booger. It is not booger. <laughs> and I hope this video and this podcast go viral so that we can have a billion people tell you it is not booger. My entire family, immediate family. Are crazy. Says booger. Mm-hmm. And when you Google pronunciation of booger, she says it as booger and google knows that. so <laughs> yeah, right there's that i also say scarcity and <laughs> yeah you've got a lot of work the, to do there's the other one this was amazing liz thank you so much for giving it inside because i think so many people think hiring is going to solve their problems yeah and a lot of times they look at i just need more a plus players or i just need that person to want to work more i just need that person to have better skills when in reality it comes down to leadership first. Mm-hmm. And so before we kind of like wrap this up, what is, you know, people listening to this might be like, this sounds great, but how do I lead better? How mm-hmm. do I, what is my next step? Or I have a team right now that I need to try to figure out how to build that culture with, or I'm just starting out and hiring and like, what are my steps for that? And, you know, obviously there's all those technical things of hiring too, but ultimately what is their next steps? Like, mm-hmm. where do we go from here? I think the first step is ownership of your role as a leader. Like you have to get crystal clear on why you're doing what you're doing and what your responsibility is to shift into leadership, which likely means owning the fact that you have a lot to learn from the strategic side um, and the technical side and the tactics of onboarding, hiring, like all that stuff. But more so, not just what you do, but the who. Like, who do you need to become in this process to carry out this mission and this vision and to lead your people well? Because guess what? Leading your people well 
equals more money. Yes. Like this yes. is a, we can talk about the brass tacks because I know sometimes people are like, yeah, that's nice in theory. Guess what? The financial plateaus you're experiencing, your offer is not, you know, hitting with your audience, turnover. turnover, frustration, stress, overwhelm, you know, seeing your income dip, whatever, like that is all affecting the bottom line. And it's all going to be alleviated and transformed through your leadership. And that takes, I'm going to own this. Mm -hmm. And owning something means I'm going to learn it and I'm going to embody it and I'm going to study it and I'm going to understand it and I'm going to stop trying to grab this next one-off strategy and think it's going to fix all my problems or make that one higher and think it's going to fix my whole business. That's not true. That's just, that's how most entrepreneurs, I would say like over 90%, just making up a statistic. I feel like (laughs) statistics do well. So we'll just say like over 90%. But I would, I would even dare to say like closer to 100%, (laughs) like high 90s. That's how most entrepreneurs do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I just got to get the next thing done. I got to look at what's right under my nose because that's what we feel like we have the capacity for. But similar to when you heard you say this, when you were pregnant with Will, right? You're having your second baby and you're like, how am I ever going to love the second baby as much as I love my first? Like, I love Ellie so much and I can't fathom expanding my love and then your capacity just as a mother expands. That's what leadership, it expands your capacity mm-hmm. for so many things, to handle problems, to handle stressors, to to overcome challenges, to see possibility, to chase big dreams. Like right now you're sitting here thinking like, how can I even do this next thing I want to do? Because I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have a team that's going to support me. Leadership is what expands those yes. things. So yes. that's that's the most important thing. The second thing is we started to realize in this year, uh, this past year, how much this is a problem for people. Mm-hmm. Like I would say one of the top problems for successful business owners is this idea of, yeah, I'm visionary, CEO, creative, whatever, and I'm either trying to do it all or I don't have the people to do it all or how do I, quote, find the people or how do I get my team to do this or whatever. And I want more profit. I want more prosperity in my life. I want to make sure that I'm, you know, living up to my potential. I want I want these big things, but I feel like I can't get it there. Mm-hmm. So we realized that that was a major issue. We saw it in our earlier stage entrepreneurs and we saw it in our multi-million dollar entrepreneurs in our programs, which is why we kind of recalibrated our incubator mastermind into what we're calling um, the visionary right-hand mastermind. So it's still the work smarter, not harder business strategies to help people scale and grow, but it's breaking through all the stuff we talked about today. It's allowing you to come into this mastermind, not solo, but with a strategic partner. Mm -hmm. So now both of you are being coached up in, yeah, the systems and the strategy and all that, but also, uh, in you as the visionary in the leadership portion so that you actually can lead that strategic partner. And then the strategic partner is getting support directly from Mariana in the systems and how to work with the crazy brain of a visionary and how to support them better. So there is that cohesiveness and that flow and that um, congruence between those two. So I would say if that sounds like something where you're like, that's kind of something that I need and what you're talking about today really resonates we have the ability for you to apply to that and see if it's the right fit. It's at luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash mastermind. So that's where you'd go. You can apply. We can have a conversation and we'll be really frank. <laughs> like We'll be honest and say, hey, this isn't the right fit. Or yeah, this can really change the bottom line and the trajectory of your business and your joy in the process. And it's something we're super passionate about because it keeps each of us in our sweet spots. And and it also includes Katie, who is brilliant as well, and my husband, Michael, um, supporting in all categories of business growth. Because we realized that most masterminds focus a lot on the do. Mm. We got to combine the do and the who, right? We got to be the leaders we need to be to carry this thing forward. We got to have the confidence. We need to know how to lead our people. And then we need the people, But those people have to be trained up in the systems and the do. But then we also need to coach both of you together Mm -hmm. so that you come together and you're not trying to push this boulder up a hill alone or worse, while paying a team that's not helping you push it. We need to get you in that state of flow, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Yep. I love it. So that's at luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash mastermind. And you can click the link below and check it out. But that would be first steps. Those two it. things. And um, this changes everything. I can tell you right now. This is like, if you're like, oh, I've been stuck at $100,000 a year or a million dollars a year and I want to get to 10 or what. This is it. There's no, there's no skipping this part. And the one thing I just want to add to that, that you talked about earlier that I just want to circle us back to mm-hmm. is it doesn't mean you have to have a team of 10 people no. to make this happen. It could be just one virtual assistant that you have. You still need to learn how to lead them and how to properly have them invested into your business. And so that's one thing I just, I've been on so many teams. I've been at so many different levels of how I'm supporting teams. And it is crucial to have somebody who knows how to pour into me as someone who's pouring into them. So it is just, it's critical. Leadership is the answer, but I think it is the most overlooked part of entrepreneurship. I think there's a lot of people out there trying to be thought leaders you know, out on Instagram and there's very few trying to be good culture leaders inside of their business. And Mm -hmm. that is where the difference lies in how you can grow your business. I could not agree more. Okay. So what we recommend too, as a next step is tune in to our next one, because you'll get into the brain of our details woman, Mariana. And this is really critical as a visionary to understand your right-hand person better and how you can work with them and where you might be tripping up as a leader. And for the integrators, VAs, you know, other strategic partner in the detail side or the back-end side, this is a great opportunity for you to learn from someone who's figured it out and, and to grow too. So make sure you tune into that one and there'll be details in the show notes and in the description and all of that good stuff. And until next time, thanks, Mariana. Yay, so fun. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one, but you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them and it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.